Hey guys, welcome to the CP Junkie podcast, where we bring you interviews with dentists sharing their CPD stories and journeys from around Australia. What better way to learn than to follow those who've already done it before? CPD Junkie is Australia's most comprehensive CPD, so head over to cpdjunkie.com.au and become a member for free to access the full features of the site. I'm your host, Lawrence Stone, and today we are joined by Dr. James Andrews. Born in Ireland, he graduated from the University of Dundee as a general dentist in 2000. He went on to complete his postgraduate dip in dental implants, orthodontics, and restorative. He started up a dental practice in Edinburgh, UK, before moving to WA after meeting his wife, Emma. He was part owner of three dental practices in WA before attending UBC in Vancouver to specialize in orthodontics, which he completed in 2018. He's a fellow of the Royal College of Dentists in Canada, Ortho. His area of interest is in evidence-based orthodontic care and the utilization of digital technology to enhance precise diagnosis, planning, and treatment outcomes. He has since returned to Perth to work and continue his clinical research and teaching. Dr. James Andrews, welcome to the show. Hi, Lauren. So, uh, you were a general dentist for about 15 years before deciding to specialize in orthodontics. Tell us a little about your CPD journey up to that point. Yeah, I I did my uh, undergrad in Dundee in Scotland. and uh, like we left, I left straight from school, went straight to undergrad, and then uh, that was a five-year program. And then um, in in the NHS, we we get placed in a what's called a vocational training scheme. So you get uh, mentored in practice four days a week, and then one day a week you get uh, sort of CPD um, at the at the local university. And it was actually a really good system. Um, I felt that it that it sort of prepared you well for practice. Plus, it gave you a lot of experience in other other realms if you were interested in specialising. And uh, from there, I, I went on and did a, a year sort of working in Kirkcaldy General Hospital under uh, Professor Jim McDonald, um, who's a, a consultant orthodontist. So basically, I was taking out teeth and putting on braces, and he was doing all the treatment planning. And that I learned a lot in that year uh, alone, just doing orthodontics, um, sort of subliminally off him. Um, and then, yeah, look, I, I traveled to Australia with, after after that life, like I always sort of intended then to do ortho as a specialty, but kind of life got in the way and I, I enjoyed traveling and um, yeah, you know, I, I did lots of different um, courses with, you know, Bill Dorfman, Larry Rosenthal, uh, Jared Cichet, the Manny brothers, all these sort of aesthetic or cosmetic courses. Uh, some good, some bad, um, and uh, yeah, you know, and then came ended up coming to Australia uh, to to settle after I met my wife, who's who's from here. Yeah, so okay, let's let's dab on a few of those things, those courses that yeah. you you mentioned. You know, you mentioned these sound like pretty big cosmetic names, um, national, internationally even. Um, how'd you come across these courses, and you know, what interests you to get kind of involved in those kind of courses at the time? Well, I was certainly always interested in aesthetics, and I think 
you know, that was something, these courses were always run through, there was a program, I think, called Independent Seminars in London. Uh, and, and basically, I used to go travel down to London with some some friends and we'd go and, you know, watch, you know, Larry Rosenthal, for example, who's, you know, quite famous in New York. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, you know, that sort of style of, of dentistry was interesting, but at the same time, it wasn't something that really I felt comfortable doing myself. Um, but, I, you know, I always sort of looked at it as a very American thing, not really a very British thing to do. But I think that sort of infiltrated into the British market and certainly the Australian market now compared to what it was back then. Um, but I, I really, like, there were some guys, like, that I really sort of really enjoyed. Like, Jared Cichet was, was very, you know, a fantastic prosthodontist who took beautiful records. And that sort of stuff, you know, put me on a path to start looking at my cases in a different way and taking taking really good records, I think, was one of the biggest changes to my clinical practice that really helped me. Um, sure. Um, and then, you know, I did a, an implant diploma with with Crawford Bain. Uh, he was from, well, a Scottish guy, but was a professor at Dalhousie in Canada. Um, so I did a year with him, a lovely guy, and uh, but actually never placed an implant, believe it or not. So, yeah, yeah. So I learned a lot, you know, and I think that was... That was a big thing about these courses, learning, learning lots. But, you know, sometimes I felt competent to do things and sometimes I didn't. And, you know, that's I think that's a big, big challenge for, for people sometimes to learn what what you should do and what you shouldn't do, even, yeah. even with the courses that you do. So you took on implant diploma, but you never actually ended up placing one. Did you have nope. like a one or like, I mean, how did you, where do we start? Like from... Well, yeah, look, I, I did, you know, I did quite a lot of surgery to graduates and certainly did, you know, that, that sort of stuff never really bothered me. And I was interested in, in placing implants, but I, I, look, I never felt I could do it as well as the, the guy, the specialist guys who are doing them all day, every day. I, I think that was the main thing. I, you know, especially if, if you're doing aesthetic stuff, you know, you know, soft tissue management is, is really challenging. And I just didn't think I had the skills to do it. So, so that's why I never... I guess it never progressed that way, you know, and I, I was probably more interested in ortho, to be honest, as well. But, uh, you know, that was, that was it, it still, it was a very good thing for me to do to, you know, to, to actually, you know, as far as interdisciplinary care, I learned an awful lot from it, restoring implants and stuff like that, you know. Fair so, enough. Although I didn't, didn't place any, it's yeah, still a good, good course. Fair enough. And then did, you know, when you're attending all these different diplomas, um, did you um, feel like you got something in particular out of it? Like um, some people usually say they got out the, the thought process of how to process things. Um, or would you say you kind of developed that later on when you kind of specialized? Yeah, look, you yeah, certainly, you know, the, the, the whole management of patients um, and, you know, complex treatment planning is something that, that, that takes a lot of time and a lot of planning. And I think in the early days, you're still quite focused on procedures and like just simple one visit procedures, as I call it. Um, and I guess doing more and more courses, you start to look at a patient as a whole and then start to join the dots of sort of different, you know, you've got your perio, you've got your pros, then you've got your alignment issues, you know, and, and, and then patient management skills. And, and I guess all these courses kind of join together to make you a, well-rounded clinician um 
I think that's something that's really important, you know, and I think, you know, if you go down certainly just one line of, of specialty, sometimes you kind of maybe don't get that other stuff, which is important even to be a specialist. You still need to understand the basics. And, and, and yeah, I think that's certainly stood me in good stead by doing these courses as far as ortho now. Mm. So you feel like um, if you hadn't attended these other diplomas, you might have had a bit more of a bias towards a particular treatment um, as opposed to having more of a holistic approach for the patient. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And, that, you know, you, you certainly see, you know, from a lot of these things, you see, you know, ulterior motives as well. There was so much selling in so many of the courses, which kind of, yeah, it gets a bit, you know, you can start to see through it a bit. Um, and, and certainly you sort of, a lot of courses forget about the patient. And I think that's something, you know, I think ethics is something that that's really important, certainly to me. And I think that's something sometimes that's maybe not a big focus on in a lot of these sort of uh, continuing professional development courses, you know, and I think that's something that we should always be very reticent of. But, mm. you know, these of course, should always be for the benefit of the patient, you know. Yeah, whether I mean, without naming any um, ones in particular, were there particular telltale signs you kind of feel like you could tell um, that they were trying to sell something um, as opposed to um, patient yeah. in mind for ethics at the end? Yeah, yeah well, certainly, you know, there, there's certain, like, I'll give you a prime example, like Invisalign accreditation, right? So... You would go to that that course, and it was run by uh, when I did it. It was a, a lab in Sydney that ran the course, and it was like literally, you know, you learned how to take impressions, take photographs, and submit a clinic. There's there was nothing about orthodontics, and uh, it was all about you know sit, selling and how it's going to increase your revenue, your bottom line, and, and you. I always sort of left going well, you know what it's all about just making money that's you know surely this there must be more to it than that you know and I I think when I think about that looking back now I I kind of see it as akin to you know going and doing endo learning about a pro taper file system but not actually learning how to do and why you're doing endo do you know what I mean so you're learning about an appliance as opposed to not learning about orthodontics and I think that's can be quite dangerous yeah, um, so you're saying like you learn about like the steps and procedures to do, but you don't actually learn about why you're doing these steps. Yeah, yeah, the fundamentals, you know, and I think that's like like anything, you know, if you can't make a diagnosis in any sort of sphere of dentistry, then you shouldn't really be treating it. You know, if you can't diagnose and, and understand what the problem is, then, you know, no matter how well you, you understand how an appliance works or a computer program, you know, you're destined for failure, you know, and I think that's something that you've got to be very, very, uh, very sure on. And it's very important then to get that, that training to provide that confidence level. Sure. And then what, um, you know, for people, when they hear about your story, you know, they hear about you've completed multiple diplomas, you started and, you know, co-owned multiple dental practices at different stages in your career. Many people would look at you and say, you're a pretty successful general dentist, you know, both clinically and financially. I mean, was there any doubt or any discussion with your significant other about choosing to put that aside and then committing to specializing? Because some of our viewers are probably wondering if they uh, should specialize or not. Yeah, like 
hundred percent. You know, I think certainly if you asked Emma and I, she'd probably still be pretty hesitant to go down. You know, it was a it was a massive undertaking. It was you know it was a massive decision. Um, but I think fundamentally, I always you know wanted to do ortho. I think you know my my dad was probably a pretty big influence on me being a a professor of medicine and and kind of always wanted to. You know, I guess maybe I felt like a bit of a fraud as well, uh, to be honest, especially doing like the like more and more ortho that I was doing. I didn't feel, I just didn't feel comfortable. And when, once I started seeing these cases and looking at and you know, critically analyzing my work, I was like, you know, I'm not that good at this. And, I, you know, I need to get better. And I think that, you know, it was self-driven, a lot of it. Um, and I'm so glad now that, I, that I've done it and seen, yeah, you know, you know, learned how to do it properly, I suppose, so to speak. Yeah, fair enough. Um, so of all those CPDs that you've taken um, at that time, what would you say had the biggest clinical impact um, on your dentistry up to that point? Yeah, like it, it's sort of a culmination of, of all the courses. You know, I think even the bad courses like actually maybe almost helped me more because you sort of start to realise it's a bit like making mistakes, right? You, you don't learn much by doing things right. You learn by making mistakes and we all make mistakes. Like, you know, and, and it's, it, those are really important mistakes to, to make because then you learn from it and, and it, it improves you as a clinician. Um, I think the people, like some people have been a big influence on me as opposed to the courses. You know, there's some people that I've really admired like uh, Crawford Bain or Jim, Tur- uh, Jim McDonald or Hugh Matheson or, or now, you know, there's David Kennedy or, you know, guys that, uh, um, you know, who I've, who I've luckily got to meet and, and make great, great, great friends with over in Canada, you know, for the last three years. So, yeah, I think, you know, you, you certainly, I think people are, you know, having a good mentor is massively important in, in, in any sort of sphere, especially if you want to, you know, sub-specialize or, or you've got a real interest in, in a particular uh, topic. Mm. these people that you mentioned i mean sorry i'm not familiar with them but are there other orthodontists as well now is, is that yeah yeah like the, some of these guys are like orthodontists over in, in canada certainly you know there's uh, david kennedy's a professor of, of orthodontics and pediatrics he's a dual specialist um he's our program director along with uh edward edwin yan you know professor of my uh you know orthodontics as well and dean of dentistry so you know, a lot of these sort of guys are very inspirational and, and you don't hear about these, you know, the guys that really walk the walk, you don't really hear about them. You know, they don't have to be big, big names on social media or you, because, you know, but if you're, if you go and search PubMed, you'll see them pop up, right? That's, that's, that's where you see that, you know, that I think it's always interesting, you know, as far as if you go and if you're always wondering about a, a course and somebody's, talking about say facial growth for example you know you want to you want to search and see right have these guys done research in facial growth like how, what you know what is their background or are they just sort of trying to sell a philosophy and stuff like that so you get to you get to see that you know a bit more clearly once you start to, to critically analyze things you know and i, I think mm. um yeah it's an interesting area yeah, I think that's an interesting point that you've pointed out that I'm um, slowly becoming more aware of is that 
sometimes the courses that you're picking, you want to select those people that have a good literature um, publishing behind them because then um, you feel what they're talking about. They're quite comfortable and know um, uh, a lot about and to your point, not trying to sell something at the, at the end of the day. Yeah, 100%. Like if you, you know, if you, I don't know if, if, you, if you've done a master's, Lawrence, for example. So, you know, if, if you know, I, doing a three years master's and, and, and certainly some of my, my colleagues did six year PhDs in say sleep apnea, for example, like the amount of work and that goes into these things, like I don't think many people really understand the R's and R's and literature, you know, reviews and disseminating, pulling apart methodologies. It's, it really is thousands and thousands of hours of work. So, you know, I, you get a different respect for people with, 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 with that sort of background, you know, and, and certainly I pay more attention to those sorts of people when they talk as opposed to, you know, and I guess people trying to sell stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, to answer your question, I did actually start a master's, but it was over in Kings, but I ended up having to defer it for the time being because of unable to fly back there. So, um, yeah, but yeah. when I did do it for the first year, 100%, I would agree with you. There's so much more information. It was definitely the pros, the, the, the change in how I would approach it and learning was definitely a big jump from where I was um, initially when I was just attending a lot of CPDs and yeah, trying to piece it yeah, all together yeah. myself and it wasn't quite structured. Yeah. 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 No, hundred percent, you know, just, just disseminating literature is a, is a really good skill to get, you know, and, and to try and weed out the, because in every literature there's some sort of cognitive bias somewhere and you've got to try and weed that out and try and find the actual truth or fact in that literature. And that's, that's a real skill to, to, to get. I and mean, it only comes with practice, you know? Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll briefly mention as well, you were previously a member of the academic in British Academy of Dental uh, or Cos Cosmetic Dentistry. Is that right? Yeah. 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 I, I've been members of, of, you know, lots of different, different groups at different times. Um, yeah. and, and certainly, you know, I, I think all these things, uh, you know, to, to join communities that have similar interests, I think it's it's just important, certainly, and, you know, be a member of the Australian Dental Association, for example, especially now the way things are going at the minute, it's a real difficult time for a lot of people. And it's important to, to have groups that you can, you can, uh, that can help you through these, these, these periods, you know. Um, when you're an a owner of a practice, does that affect your ability to attend particular CPDs or your choice in particular CPDs? Uh, I, I always find it it gave me more flexibility being an owner. To be honest, I I you know I, I very rarely associated or associate, I took an associateship initially in practice, and but I very quickly migrated to ownership. Uh, it's just my personality. I. I like to do things, you know, I've got, I'm fairly headstrong. I like to do things my way. And I guess, you know, certainly then I, I did partnerships and I think that's something again, looking back, probably not, it was good experience, but I don't think I would do it again. Um, mainly because, you know, unless you've got very similar sort of goals and interests, it can be a, can be a challenging thing um, to, to uh, yeah, to keep business and sort of pleasure separate, so to speak. 
So, well, what, what's your current ideal clinical day look like now? You know, the type of procedures you might be getting up to. Uh, look, my, ideally, I'm going to try and, you know, set up a practice again, probably to work sort of half the week um, as far as clinical practice, um, just in, in orthodontics. And then I'd like to continue sort of my research and teaching. Um, if I can, if I can do that in some capacity for the rest of the working week, so to speak. Um, so that's that's my goal. Um, so I, I'm just trying to set that up sort of at the minute, I guess. Fair enough. Um, and what do you hope it would look like in, in five years' time, both clinically and non-clinically? And is there... Yeah, yeah like, I, I definitely, you know, as far as orthodontics go it's a, it's a sort of very different way to work than general dentistry again it's a lot of our time is spent treatment planning um and spent with with patients and and uh, certainly I, I find that stuff really i really enjoy that you know it's a it's like a every case is like a big puzzle and you really gotta you know spend a lot of time working it out and you know and and then planning it and you know, that takes, that takes a lot of time as far as the actual, you know, there's not so much procedure-based stuff. Um, I'll still do a lot of micro implants. I'm quite interested in pads and sort of different anchorage systems. And yeah, and through my, my program, I've really enjoyed teaching. Um, and I like, you know, I like, we, we, we get a lot of, we did a lot of teaching for the undergrads and yeah, I really enjoyed that. So it's something that I'd, I'd like to, to continue in some capacity. I haven't quite worked out what what that would be yet but you know that's a goal for me so yeah hopefully i'll be able to do a bit of teaching <laughs> um did you mention was it micro implants that you were mentioning just then yeah yeah we do, do a lot of tads um well certainly i do a lot of tads um just for for anchorage so yeah yeah I, like that's something that that i'm interested in also you know my research is in sort of digital technology and creating virtual patients and things like that so yeah you know been able to use sort of combine sort of fundamental orthodontics with you know newer technologies i think is, is really exciting um and i think you know for me that's what i'd like to continue my work on fair enough um i guess i guess i would ask more but there's probably top secret right now isn't it the, all that research stuff <laughs> uh yeah like it is to degree like i, I like I, i'm really interested in in smartphone and smartphone technology and, and CAD design. So, um, I, you know, I, I do a lot of, you know, work on, for example, iPod Pro and Shaper 3D and, you know, there's th 3D facial scanning and all sorts of scanning now. And got, I've got like three 3D printers sitting here beside me. So all that stuff I, I find really interesting. And, and it's certainly something that, that, that I think is, has got a lot of benefits for us going forward. Mm. You know, as an orthodontist, some of our general dentists will wonder, you know, what kind of CPD courses do you end up taking? Yeah, like for, for us, I guess now it's, you know, certainly with me, I'm affiliated with the uh, Canadian Orthodontic Society and the American Orthodontic Society. Um, so I guess, you know, that we, I'll probably get yearly, you know, go to the American Academy of Orthodontics conferences and you know we've got a, our own UBC alumni conferences every year also got the Pacific Coast Society of Orthodontics and the Australian Society of Orthodontics they all run similar sort of courses and to keep up with CPD but you know I, I guess 
if you, if you get a teaching sort of faculty position, then there's, you know, you're continually updating yourself and as far as current literature and that's something that I'm interested in. So yeah, I think that's that's what 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 a specialist sort of goes through, you know, it's, it's certainly always updating your knowledge. Um, and you know, for GPs doing ortho, um, you know, it's 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 a challenge, certainly, you know, and I I did I did it myself. It, it, it's certainly a challenge because you know ortho is unlike any other specialty where or any other sort of um, discipline because with ortho it's not a procedure so it's not like you come in you do the end and the patient goes it's a three-year it's a three-year commitment with somebody so you're you really and it, you know it's impossible to teach that with the amount of work that you have in an undergraduate curriculum for example and it's very hard to even teach that on weekend courses and I, I find that's a massive, um, a massive thing that I learned certainly going through the program. That no matter how much you think you know, you there's you actually really don't know that much. Which which you know I find really interesting and sort of yeah. In hindsight, looking back, there's a lot of cases that I wish I hadn't done as a general dentist. Which you know, which is it's one of those things. But you know, you live and learn, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, for a lot of the new grads and recent grads, you know, there's a lot of Alana courses out there. There's like an abundant now and even, you know, grad dips that are coming out for it, you know. Um, yeah. What would you say to them? How should, how should they approach it? How should they look at it? I mean, we've mentioned briefly just about how to look at some of the courses, looking at the uh, presenters' backgrounds and all of that. But was there anything in particular you would say with the Alana courses? Because that's so abundant now. And that's pretty much like the trending yeah, again, you know, I, I think this it's fundamental. A liner is just an apartment, right? Orthodontics is the same. You know, the biology is the same. You're moving teeth. Anatomy is the same. It's just a, an appliance that, that puts forces on teeth in a slightly different way. So you have to understand orthodontics, like fun, the fundamentals of orthodontics. And it's like any, if you want to treat a case, if you can't diagnose that case properly and you can't, then you can't give proper informed consent. So if something goes wrong and you haven't given form consent, then you know you're you're sort of up a creek without a paddle, you know. Um, as far as courses go, you know, I would strongly recommend getting a, a good mentor, you know, somebody that can that can actually say, you know what, you know, sort of help you along that path of learning. And um, certainly doing foundation ortho ortho is really important, but also to have somebody can look over cases with you and and sit down and go, yeah, you know what, this is a case that that you could probably do, you know, with, with help and mentoring. And that way you'll learn the most and it's in a safe environment. And, and plus, you know, you, you're not going to, you know, upset patients, which which ultimately is, is really important. So trying to get a good good team and, and mentor, yeah, I think is, is really important. Uh, and, and, you know, there's, I think there's this fallacy that all orthodontists are pretty nasty people and actually, it's 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 not true, and I think uh, you'd be surprised if you go and ask your local orthodontist for help to you know to help you along, you know maybe treating aligner cases. But yeah, definitely learn the learn the fundamentals first. That's that's what I would recommend. Yeah. So you say learn the fundamentals first through a trusted um, 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 source, and then go and speak with your orthodontist. Uh, and how would you say they would best approach it? You know, just give them a phone call. Have make sure you've got all the photos, all the cases, and everything ready to yeah. talk about. Come with a plan, yeah, I, or kind of just wait yeah. to see what they would say. Yeah. No, I'm a big one for professional signature. 
So, you know, as far as Ortha goes, it's records. Like you have to have excellent records. Um, so, you know, learn to take really good records. If you can learn the, the fundamentals. Um, and then, yeah, you know, just, you know, there's with, with study clubs now and virtual, you know, all these Zoom networks, you can, you can really, you know, you can get a lot of help um with these cases you know with a lot of different avenues and yeah you know if you want to learn I, i'd be more than happy that you know somebody comes and knocks on my door like i want to learn to do ortho better can you help me of course you know that's that's certainly something that that i'm i'm a big advocate of and i think most most orthodontists would be the same you know they, they you know ultimately we all have a have a um, goal to to improve standard of care for our patients you know so i think that's that's really important that's so awesome um dr james andrews thank you for your time today um thank you for coming on the show um if you can let the people know how they can find you and you know what's kind of going on in your life uh yeah like i i guess so like i i am actually quite active on instagram so that's you know, if you're, you know, I, I guess I'm, I'm, uh, I, I post a lot of cases and, you know, I, I try and put a lot of evidence out there of, um, I guess what's called maybe more traditional orthodontics, um, but, you know, putting a modern spin on it. Um, and certainly like that, I'm very pragmatic and yeah, I'm more than happy that yeah, anybody can reach me through my Instagram page or Facebook or, you know, uh, like, uh, yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy to help anybody who wants help. So. Dr. James Andrews, thank you again for tonight. I hope you have a good night. Thanks, Lawrence. Have a good one. You too. Bye. If you like this episode, drop a comment below on your favorite part or leave a review. Don't forget to share it with your friends, and we'll see you in the next episode of CP Junkie Podcast.